of What's Your Jersey podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji, and I just want to say thanks for listening, Meatballs. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, I like to call my listeners Meatballs because who doesn't love a good meatball? Even if you're vegan, there's vegan meatballs. It's just they make people happy. I'm from Jersey. I like food. I'm Italian. It's a thing. Anyway, I also have some updates for you guys before we get into it. I just want to let you know, do you remember this? The musical is premiering at the Hollywood Fringe Festival coming up. We have shows on June 2nd, June 8th, June 9th, June 10th. I'm playing Britney Spears. It's a whole jukebox musical. It's in the early 2000s, so we want everyone showing up in their early 2000s best. That means juicy tracksuits, Ugg boots, Starbucks frappuccinos, bedazzled phones, all the things. It's going to be really fun, and I'm going to post all the information, and we have a special promo code that's hot, and you get $3 off your ticket price. So yeah, that's something exciting that's coming up, which I've been talking about on the podcast. It's like almost here, and fingers crossed, we either have Perez Hilton or Perez Hilton adjacent person playing Perez Hilton, so that should be pretty cool. I also want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. This is coming out on Mother's Day, but, um, you know, I feel like you guys deserve credit every single day, so I should just be shouting out to the moms and the dads out there every day, but uh, I hope everyone had a great time. I unfortunately didn't get to hang out with my mom on Mother's Day because she's all the way in Italy. Good for her. That's awesome. But we did get to talk. Uh, so I hope everyone had a great holiday. I actually went to see the movie I Feel Pretty this morning uh, with Annabelle DeSisto, who's been on the podcast before. You guys love her. Um, and I took away a lot of good stuff from it. I was kind of hesitant because I feel like sometimes... I hear stuff from like critics or other people that these movies can be cheesy or whatnot. And I was pleasantly surprised. It was funny. I loved Rory Scovel in it. You guys are going to love him if you haven't seen it. All the cameos were awesome. Michelle Williams killed it. You don't even know it's Michelle Williams at first. Um, and the best part about the movie was I think we should all walk around with the same confidence that Amy Schumer's character has throughout the entire movie. Like, she was so excited to just be a receptionist in the movie, which is awesome. Great. That's awesome. But I feel like some of us lose, I don't know, that confidence along the way as we get older and people kind of knock us down or say shitty things. She was so confident, didn't matter what she looked like. And I feel like that was really inspirational. And I hope everyone else gets to walk around with that same confidence after listening to this. I have an awesome guest before I bring him on. I also have a special promo free meatballs this week. I've talked about BioClarity before on the podcast because I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Uh, but my listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus shipping, which is a $20 savings. So... That's awesome. It comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee when you enter my promo code JERSEY. So all you have to do is go to bioclarity.com and enter my code JERSEY. 
do it, do it, do it, because your skin is going to feel flawless, and the best part about it is that it takes out the redness, which I tend to get very red whenever I work out or do anything that raises my heart rate. Um, so yeah, do it, bioclarity.com. It's awesome. You know what else is awesome? My guest this week. I love having all different types of guests on the podcast, but this guest in particular I've known for almost 10 years. We are close comedy friends, but also just friends. I've seen his career really, really take off, especially in the past few years. And I've always wanted to ask him the insides of like getting to perform in The Tonight Show for the first time and performing in stadiums all over the country with Dane Cook and World, for that matter, with Russell Peters. Um, he does stand-up comedy. He's going to make you guys laugh. He definitely made me laugh. I um, We podcasted on a day where I really, really was run down, not feeling well, and he definitely brightened my spirits, inspired me a lot, and I hope you guys get inspired a lot by him. Meatballs. We have meatballs that were sitting on, our, on the table. Uh, and they're gone now because my guest is an amazing house guest. He's also someone I feel like I'm just sitting around chatting with like a girlfriend. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, just a few credits. He has a lot of credits, but I'm going to try to make this uh, opening real tight. Uh, he was one of the head writers for the Game Show Network's Idiot Test. He's been on The Tonight Show. He's written for American Idol. He has a new album that just came out called Live and Let die he you were on last comic standing and america's got talent it was yes god your goals um everyone welcome to the podcast jay chris newberg you can't just put meatballs on a table <laughs> like I, I you know you walk in and she doesn't tell you this so you walk in and there's a podcast you know studio slash room and you know she's like do you need anything i'm like no i'm good she's like oh cool well by the way there's two meatballs there's three peanut butter eggs and a whole bag of peanut butter M&Ms. There's a candle and a chilled bottle of water. No, I don't need anything again for the rest of my life. <laughs> this is meatball. Like, what, like, that's, like, when, like, ladies, you bring a dude back to your house. You think to yourself, how do I make it, a, like, like, how do I make the mood right? Right. You don't need, mo you don't need wine. You don't need music. No. Meatballs. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, yes. What dude's not going to try after this? <laughs> I mean, he granted, there's a now he's got red meat in him and he could nap. That's the thing. I want you to try not to nap during this. <laughs> right. But you could like, you could definitely like, if you didn't like the dude, you could put some sleepy time tea in the meatballs <sighs> and then just like that, he goes home. And you're like, it. I was ready to do it, sweetie, but you just fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for liking my meatballs. Thanks. And then you still are a lady. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> thanks for liking Gelson's meatballs. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That, yeah. yeah. You know what? In the future, always take credit for meatballs. Oh, you're right. I should. Always take They're credit. really good, though. They're good meatballs. Right? Yeah. I mean, you guys are good meatballs. I want to thank you, meatballs, for rating and reviewing and subscribing and doing all those things. But also, it's... Um, Thursday, so it's two dollars off the Gelson's Food Bar Day. You're lying. No, it is. Really? Yeah, because it's two dollars off the salad bar on Tuesdays, <laughs> and on Thursdays it's two dollars off the hot bar. <laughs> I plan that. Good work. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Not only is she a good host, she's good with saving money. Oh, look at me! I'm learning. I wasn't always good that way. Yeah. But I'm adulting and growing up. Yeah. Right. You've yeah. known me for a while. 
I've known you for a long time. We've both grown up a lot over the past 10 years in Los Angeles. Yes. Yes. Somewhat. Yes. We go on lots of hikes. Well, we used to. Yeah. Until like r- boyfriends and girlfriends came into play. Yeah. And then we had... Boyfriend. To- <laughs> Boyfriend. Boyfriend came into play. <laughs> exactly. I love going on hikes with you. Yeah, it's fun. J. Chris gives the best advice to any girls out there when yeah. it comes to dudes. Yeah, which has worked so well for myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's worked out so well. I know. Do you? Okay, so Jay Chris is a stand-up comedian. I forgot to say that in your credits. (laughs) Like what you actually do. Uh, yeah, I do. I do the comedy. I know. He's been on tour with Russell Peters and Dane Cook, and we'll get into that. That fun stuff. All right. Yeah. Whatever you want. Um, I want to get into what your jersey is right off the bat. Uh, Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Ah, you're from Detroit. Yeah, or maybe like a tight now. I think a Lions jersey. A Lions jersey? That's it? Yeah, I think 100% Lions jersey. Oh, God. Why? What are you mad about? You guys won that. You guys are going to win the Super Bowl. You've got Saquon or whatever his name is. I know. From Penn State. And then you got the dude with the hair who doesn't like. ODB? Yeah, who doesn't like the girl from Girls. Um, Yeah. And then you've got Peyton. Peyton's little brother. Peyton's little brother. I was like, no, we don't have Peyton. But we drafted a new quarterback in the fourth round. But I think Eli's still good. He's still got it. He does. Right? Yeah, that coach sucked last year. Ah, thank you. McAdoo with your stupid hair. He's gone, right? (laughs) He's gone. I'm so proud of you. We're like jumping right into the just enough section. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm ready. I want to know. It's the NHL playoffs right now. Do you give a shit about hockey? I do when the Red Wings are in it. When the Red Wings are in it. They are not in it this year. Oh, man. So all I care about is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Mmm. You are paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever go to a hockey game while visiting Vegas? Yeah, why not? Right? I mean, I think there would probably be free tickets by like all the hosts at the casinos would be like, hey, you want night's tickets? Done. <laughs> you want to buy the glass? Done. Done. You want to buy the penalty box? Done. <laughs> Is that what they sound like? Probably. Bouncers from yeah. New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> Jay Chris performs a lot in Vegas at the Laugh Factory, right? Laugh Factory, hopefully, um, I'm trying to weasel my way into Brad Garrett's at MGM. I haven't done it yet, but I got an in. You haven't done it? Got an in. Is it a good club? Have you done it? I haven't done that one yet either. I don't know why I got excited. Like, you haven't done it? (laughs) Yeah. Also, I think there's a comedy cellar that just opened in Vegas. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. So what do comedians do when they're actually in Vegas? For seven days? Yeah, for seven days. It's horrifying. Is it? Yeah. Because it's like, unless you gamble... And you can't win for seven days in a row. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're there and it's like two shows Monday, two shows. So it's at the Trop, you get there on a Monday and it's 14 shows from Monday through Sunday. Uh, they, you, you check in, you get into the room. Uh, then you have the food pass where you can eat with all the staff in the basement. <laughs> it's not it's not bad food. You know, it's, it's free. You can go anytime you want. It's cafeteria style. I always feel bad doing that, though. Why? I don't know. Like, I feel like it's for them. Like, I should be going out somewhere else. They have enough. They have enough? They have enough. Yeah. I mean, they've got cooks down there. They've got a good salad bar. It's fine. Soft serve ice cream. Can't lo- can't beat it. And then, you know, you just hang out by the pool and, like, every night is, like, a party there. And, like, you just, you just run out of steam. You run out of steam. You do. Yeah. I mean, I do, personally, because, like... I'm not going to not drink for free for seven days. Right. But then, you know, on Monday, I'm shut down. I'm like, I'm closed for business when I get back. 
That's how I used to do Tony and Tina's wedding at the Showboat Casino. Okay. And like Thursday, we were all like amped up because yeah. we would have rooms there. We had a house. Like we had all the things. Yeah. And we would always, I, this is why I feel bad about the cafeteria. We would always go out after the show and get like blackout and mm. then like run like fucking like animals through the cafeteria. Yeah. When these poor people are just trying to take their break. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. But by Monday, I had no voice. I I was like bedridden. I didn't want to see anyone. I wanted to just be in a dark black room in a bed. Right. But that's okay. Yeah, you need to you need to shut it down every once in a while. Yeah, I like it though. I like a lot of noise and lights and entertainment and like I don't need like a lot of chill time. Yeah, I'm sa- I'm the same way. Right? Yeah, but like I'm more now like like the older I get, the more I'm super okay with like not doing like I go to the same bar all the time. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Should I, we ask yeah. them to be a sponsor of this podcast? Yeah, probably would be. <laughs> like, but it's it's why it's two blocks from my house. It's two blocks from my house. That's it's it. So easy, you know. And like, I can walk there. I walk back. It's safe, you know. Knock on wood, it's safe. And it's just like, I don't want to go to you know, whatever. What's that place? Good time at Davy Wayne's, where there's five million hipsters squished together. And you have to walk through a refrigerator door to get in. Yeah, they, they stand in line, order a fucking snow cone with <laughs> alcohol in it. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'm good. Yeah, and with a DJ so loud you can't even hear. Did you ever have FOMO? Because I feel like that drove me going out a lot in my early 20s. Like, I never wanted to be sitting at home. I always wanted to be out. I never wanted to miss anything. Yeah, I do. I mean, I still get it. But it's like, it's FOMO on a different level. It's fear of missing out of a nap or like (laughs) fear of missing out of, you know, quiet time or reading. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, look, I'll still go out. I'll still drink. I like to drink. I like to go out. But again, it's... On my, on my terms It's chill it's You know chill. You know who's not chill hmm. Well apparently he's chill now He was not chill Two years ago uh, Johnny Menzel Oh yeah Right The former quarterback yeah. For the Browns Guys His pictures were just released Domestic violence pictures On TMZ I saw those You saw them Okay Yeah It looked really bad She was really bruised up Yeah well she's tiny And he's a big athlete Yeah But also like On a side note TMZ can fuck off Forever <laughs> Pick a lane. Yeah. Pick a lane. Who are you? Like, you are supposed to talk about Hollywood. No, now you're doing sports. No one goes to TMZ sports. Just because you put put up pictures of the beaten girlfriend of an NFL washout does not mean that you're a sports program. Like, you're just not. They don't like, know what they are anymore. No, and then it's just like, oh, Trump said this. And, oh, there was a shooting at a Waffle House. What does that have to do with pick a fucking lane right that was where i went for my hollywood gossip that's where i went to see paris hilton stumbling out of a nightclub yep not anymore not anymore yeah no but it's like the only thing that's on there are there's like it's trump tiffany haddish um <laughs> and god bless tiffany you know the, you and i are so fortunate enough to know her firsthand yeah not crazy well i mean like not like we were, we're not best friends but what an amazing rocket ride. Like, you get to see it firsthand. It's so cool. It's so cool. When too. I met you, I think it was almost 10 years ago at the Laugh Factory. Oh, yeah. That's where she she was going up all the time there. All the time. And every time she would get off stage, she'd be like, I'm going to be the biggest star. I'm going to be. And she said everything that she said it to until it, it came true. Exactly. And good for her. But like, so Trump, Tiffany Haddish, shootings, gun controls. <laughs> yeah. Dead, we, we are rappers who are arrested. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> But like the the only time I hear these rappers 
are when they're arrested, and it's always for the first time. They're like, you know, Lil whoever was arrested in his plane for speeding. And I'm like, Lil whoever has a plane? Why does he have a plane? <laughs> yeah, and how come all the rappers now faces are all covered with tattoos? It scares it's me. It's not going to come off. It's, <laughs> I, maybe we should tell them that. God, it's I don't. Just, <laughs> I don't think anyone's telling them that. I don't know, but it's so weird, though, because like you'll see the videos, and they'll have... They'll have like millions and millions and millions of views. You've made a video. You've made several. You know how hard it is to get millions and millions of views just organically? I haven't done it yet. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> like the, um, okay, here's a thought, which I know maybe like this is a tangent going on, um, Manzel, but, we're, but TMZ. Okay, so so TMZ starts talking initially about the, the yodeler kid mm. from Iowa or Pittsburgh or I don't know where he's from. Somewhere in the, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. The, have you heard about this kid who yodels? No. So his name is like, I don't know what his name is, but he's a young kid. Maybe he's 11. And he was yodeling in a Walmart. And the video went crazy viral. It went so crazy viral that he performed at Coachella both weekends on stage, crazy yodeling. As well as he performed on Stagecoach. He then, then he got a record deal. Then he released a song and it's number one on iTunes and it's number one on Billboard's Hot 100. So I'm like, I'm going to hear this song and I'm going to decide if life is fair or if it's not fair. (laughs) So I listened to this song and the song is amazing. If you're an adult the song is called Famous. The song premises, it's cool to be on TV and selling out shows and playing Coachella and playing arenas and stadiums, but I'd rather be famous for loving you, and I'd rather be famous for us having a family and kids. You are fucking 11. He, he did not write that. Obviously. <laughs> But it would be an amazing song if, like, you know, fucking Keith Urban sang it or something. Ed like, Sheeran. Yeah. And it would be, it's perfect. Like, if you listen to the song, you're like, it's a really good song. But he's fucking 11. That's, like, creepy. Why, it's, why do you want to get married at 11, you no. douche? <laughs> Come on. God, he should marry the, the chick, the Taylor Swift. She won America's Got Talent. The one who played, I'm, like, trying to make a guitar thing. I don't know. She plays the ukulele. I don't know. She's great. I'm sure. There's they so many talented people. Get together. But it's just like one of the, like, that's the problem with those shows. Those shows are never about the talent. They're about the judges. Yeah. That's why you never hear from these people once they're off the show, because the judges aren't standing behind them. That makes me sad. It's a fact, though. You think, like, who, name one, name two winners from The Voice. I have no idea. Oh, great. my God. I really don't know anyone that's won The Voice. Great. Name, <gasps> ma- name five people who've won American Idol. Well, that that's like Kelly, could you okay Kelly Clarkson okay Kelly Pickler did she win American Idol or was she on it oh she might have just been on it okay name uh, four okay. more <laughs> fuck um Clay Aiken yeah he did he won okay so that's two okay there's there was fifteen seasons just so you know <laughs> oh my god oh my god I can name the judges yeah of course you can <laughs> name name three judges for from The Voice. Oh, Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton, and Adam Levine. Name three judges from American Idol. Paula Abdul, Simon Cowell, and Randy? Yeah. Yeah. Immediately you can. Immediately. Yeah, and it's like, but you can never, like, who... Oh, that makes me sad. But that's what it is. Like, we're so caught up in the concept of fame. We're so caught up in the concept of celebrity. There's actually no focus on talent. That's so true. Well, we... What was I 
just reading, they were saying that if like Stevie Nicks or Jimi Hendrix came out now and they didn't have enough followers, mm-hmm. they wouldn't get a record deal. Yeah, but you know, it's like you don't, I mean, first off, who knows? <laughs> who knows? You know, but it's like at some point it has to come back to talent. At some point it does. It's like if you're, if you have a million followers or 10 million followers, granted, sure, but like you don't mean shit when it comes to like, and you're not funny. No. Like there was, I worked on a show, I wrote on the show called Tap That Awesome App and it was an internet game show. Hunter March was the the host and um, they had influencers, influencers, <laughs> you know, not, you know, those are, those are like whatever the celebrities are called. They're not called YouTube stars. They're called influencers. Influencers. So I had to interview these kids. And this one girl, I saw this one girl, I don't remember her name. I thought it was like one of the most stunning looking women I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is drop dead gorgeous. She had 4 million views, 4, 4 million followers because she was really good at whatever that lip sync app is. There's a lip sync app that you put on Instagram. Music, is it musical or music? Musically. Musically. Yeah. So she, like all of her, and she would, and you'd look at these videos and I'm like, wow, this girl's a knockout. I met her. She was like, you know, as big as like a pawn on a chess game. She had no makeup on. She looked nothing like this. She was dumb as a door. And she, I was like, what do you, how do you want us to introduce you? Influencer. No. And I was like, okay. Uh, do you have anything? Do you have, what charity do you want to play for? Do I have to play for a charity? And I was like, wow. And it's like every answer was just so vacant and whatever and when she said something that she didn't like her handler she had a fucking handler she was like no sweetie say this and i was and she was like okay i'll say that and then but four million like we had to get her the booker had to get her because she had four million followers i don't know who the girl is and there's so many of her that makes me so sad yeah there is there's a lot and there's a lot of them doing podcasts and like getting cast on shows but i feel like they don't sustain of course, I mean, some, yeah. It's, uh, there's no, there's no fairness to any of this. There's no fairness in Hollywood. No. Come on, what are we bitching about this for? Oh wait, so I want to know: Do you think Johnny should be allowed to play football again? I mean, I bought into it. Like it, it had a very Rudy vibe to me, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it wasn't at all. I, if uh, because of the domestic abuse, yeah. I mean, was he convicted of it? I, yeah, I think he was convicted. Actually, I um, think they, they dropped the case. I think no, he had to. He had to like go to rehab. He had to do all this stuff, and he's he's completed everything he had to do. That was two years ago. He's married now, right, to a different to woman. a different woman. Supposedly, he's sober and like is a changed man. I mean, you know, I can I can say I can't speak as a person whose family was. Very, very, very wealthy. And I can't say that I was the biggest star in college football, having won the Heisman and then drafted in the first round and have an NFL team hurl more money at me. Mm -hmm. So I've never worried about money. And now I'm a bigger star than I was in college. And I was the biggest star in college. And I can't say that I wouldn't fuck up. I can't say, like, you're 22 years old. Who's to say you're not going to fuck up? And he just fucked up. And so... Is he a changed man? Probably. He's probably grown up a little bit. Probably realizes a little bit what he did was kind of stupid. No, I mean, like, partying isn't the greatest answer all the time ever. Ever. (laughs) You know, I mean, like, if you look back at some of the greatest parties you've been to, I bet you can't remember anything about them. Oh, God. So, yeah, he probably changed, but, I mean, maybe he's he's a shitbird. I don't know. I don't know him. I enjoyed watching him Mm -hmm. when he played. He was fast. He was good. He was good. Who yeah. do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? 
Oh, man. I don't know. I think the Giants look great. And I'm not just saying that because you're a crazy Giants fan. <laughs> I think they look great. Um, I'm you're really, going to get more meatballs now. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm interested to see how Detroit does because they're the new coach. I think Matt Patricia from the Patriots is a fantastic. I think he's a great coach. He's done yeah. nothing but prove himself constantly and nothing but have success. Um, it's interesting what's going on in New England with the whole Bill Belichick uh, Brady, Brady breakup. Breakup, yeah, that's weird. We were just talking about friendship breakups. Yeah, <laughs> and how in Los Angeles it's like the only place you break up with your friends. You do you break up with friends. <laughs> it's weird. Why do you think we do that? I don't know. It's uh, it's just it's just easier, isn't it? Like sometimes it's just like everything out here is so accelerated like things just run their course yeah and you're so used to being competitive that it's hard to be supportive and competitive 24 7 and it's sensitive at such a fast pace maybe it's difficult to just like you know eventually you're done hearing beth's bullshit you know an imaginary beth imaginary beth yes beth we we don't hate you, Beth. Yeah, you're Any good, Beths? Beth. Yeah. No, it does happen. I think it's because there's a lot more at stake. Like, mm-hmm. the stakes are higher with everything here. Or so they seem. I mean, I'm sure it's... Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just... I've definitely had friend breakups. And some of it... It's so funny because some... Like, this is out here. There's so many... I've... Like, I've experienced this new thing where I've been ghosted by people who still fucking like my status. <laughs> it's the worst. Why do you do that? That's not a thing. It's so creepy, to be honest. It is. It's really creepy. Yeah. I like you for a lot of reasons, but I like how you kind of call people out on stuff, though. Well, I'm not trying to start anything. It's yeah. Just like, but it's like, if, you, if, if we go on a date and you don't have fun on this date, that's, that's great. Totally cool. I tried. You weren't into it. Fine. If you then decide that you don't tell me that you didn't have a good time, you'd rather just be friends or you don't want to go out again. If you just decide to drop off the face of the earth, you can't laugh at something I say ever again. Ever. You can't. You can't be like, oh my God, I really like that one status that you did. No, go no. fuck yourself. You're dead. No. I had a funeral for you in my brain. Like you, you went missing. You were on milk. You know, you were gone. It's kind of refreshing to hear that this happens to guys, too. And it's not just girls. Oh, girls are just as evil? Just as evil as boys. Oh, men are horrible, too. I wish my main squeeze was here because he would also tell you that girls are filthy. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) I heard a funny story yesterday, and I won't throw the comic under the bus, uh, but I heard a funny story, and um, I was in no way shocked. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I I I was out with a friend. And she's like, oh, do you know this comic? I'm like, yeah, great guy. Really like him. He is a great guy. I really like him. I don't know anything about him as far as his personal life, whatever. And uh, she's like, oh, well, I went on two dates with him. And I go, oh, cool. She goes, you want to hear the story? You know, I don't know. Do I want to hear the story? Like, and she's like, yeah, you want to hear the story? I go, sure. She goes, well, he picks me up. We go straight to the comedy club. That's our first date. We go straight to the comedy club. I'm like... I'm not really. I'm not really surprised by that move because, like, you get that because you kind of, you kind of want to show that you're funny. I'm like, had you ever seen him perform? She's like, no. And I go, okay. And I go, so he's gonna feel comfortable. He's surrounded by all his friends. He's surrounded by his peers. She's like, yeah. But then he like kind of like didn't talk to me while we were there. Kind of bounced around, did his own thing. Then he kind of like took me to the bar in the back of the bar. I guess there's a bar in the store. Yeah. He took me to the back of the bar. We had a drink there. We went back and. uh She's like, we went back and he's like, do you want to fuck? And 
she was like, N- no, you know, not really. Not now. I just, you know, I just met you. So subtle. Yeah. And he goes, okay, cool. So then he's like, he dropped her off. That was that. A week later, I guess, calls her, picks her up, takes her again to the same place, go to the comedy club again Ugh. for them to watch. But he said, she said he was a little bit more attentive at the end other day went back to her uh went back to drop her off again because there's some place we could park around here so i can fuck you in my car and she's like no absolutely not i'm not into it we like this we went to the your show twice we went to your job twice <laughs> yeah yeah and so it didn't happen but i like i was in no way surprised i don't judge the person for doing it maybe that's their move like everybody's got a move maybe that's their move it's a bad move. Yeah, but maybe, but it's worked. It totally works. It's worked before. Yeah. And that's why this person does it. And I can't judge. I don't, you know, everybody's got their move. Uh-huh. Everybody's got their move. Um, it's not the first comic who's done that. No, and it won't be the last. And no. it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. But hearing the story, I was in no way shocked. I don't know how we got to that. How did we get to that? Friend breakups? Is friend that... breakups. <laughs> yeah, did but you the... break up with this comic? <laughs> no, but like, I don't, you know, that's it's it's a peer more than a friend. Yeah, but still, it's like I'm not surprised. It's so weird. All right, so maybe we'll see Johnny Manziel back this season. Yeah, that's right. We were talking that's about it. Johnny Manziel, <laughs> and the name of that comic was Johnny Manziel. <laughs> exactly. Um, real quick, because we talked so much about March Madness uh, two months ago, and I want to hear your like recall of being at. He went to a Michigan game. Went to my first March Madness game, Staples Center. Uh, producer buddy of mine called me up and he's like, courtside seats, want to go? And I'm like, yeah, Michigan's oh. playing. And it was the one game where Michigan reigned in like 500 threes and they just squished Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel's alma mater. Hmm. Weird. And it was fun. But I mean, it was like, it just like, it didn't, I mean, March Madness is always so much better on TV because... Yeah. You know, going there, it's just a bunch of rich white dudes, like, you know, and old dudes, like, not necessarily all white, but, like, it's very... March Madness is pretty white in the stands. It's a white gig. It's a white gig, and, like, there's... Like, the tickets are so expensive, and it's, like, the tickets we were sitting at were $500 tickets to watch college kids play basketball. College kids who get no money from it, and it's, like... It was amazing. Like, I love anything. Like, I think the most amazing experience of my life, as far as March Madness is concerned, was, like, I got to see for two years in a row. I was living in Ann Arbor at the time when the Fab Five were around, like Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, like, all those dudes. That was the most exciting time in sports for me, past, present, future. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like, literally watching the Beatles, because... Like Michigan, like Ann Arbor shut down yeah. whenever they won and they played. And it was just the greatest. And you watch these like 19, 20 year old kids just crushing everybody and going to the champion or going to the finals every time or two times, I think. But like, I got to see it. They're just like not human to me. Yeah. It's like watching superheroes play. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, I got to see that. That was great. I mean, but like, you know, as like that was 20 some year old me. And I was like, yeah, and I was pogoing up and down. I was like, woo <laughs> And like, you know. Well, we could jump up and down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And God, those were the days. Yes, yeah, you could jump. You still <laughs> jump. I see your videos. I know, I teaching. do. Yeah, I taught two classes in a row today. That's yes. why I'm like very chill because I'm tired. Do you do the headset like the like the McDonald's headset? I do. <laughs> do you really? I hate it, though. I always rip it off halfway through class. I'm like, fuck this shit. That's awesome. Does your like class it. have earplugs because of the music? 
Uh, I feel like you could use them, but no one does. Okay. I, I like to play the music really loud. I don't like working out unless there's really loud music happening. Yeah. Well, every time I go to a spin class, it's like they always have a bowl of earplugs oh. because the music is always so loud. Wow. I didn't know Same that. thing with or, uh, when you ever you go to Barry's Boot Camp, earplugs. Earplugs? Look at you. Are you on class pass? <laughs> uh, no, but I just like I would always go to I would always go to Barry's boot camp with the X. The X. Should yeah. we talk about X things? If you want to. Okay. It's your, it's your show. It's like you and I are opposites right now. I just moved in with an X and you just moved out with an X. Yes. Yes. Do you have any tips for meatballs when it comes to moving in with an X and what to prepare for when you're moving out? Um, you know, you know, it's. I think you know. There's definitely it's 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 growing pains on eleven. You know what I mean? It's just like it's definitely an, you're an adjust. You're going from you know first couple of dates to first couple of months hanging out where everything's amazing. Now you're with this person twenty four seven pretty much, and it's not. I mean, if I like I I can take full on ownership. I can't speak for anyone else. I loved this girl. Like I was under the impression I was going to marry her. I was like positive. I had zero doubts. I was yeah. like, she's the her. I'm like, she, on the other hand, was like, I'm not convinced of this. You know, I don't think. And I think maybe I like persuaded her or like whatever. But, you know, it, it just, it was a weird situation for me. Like I, like we were inseparable for nine months and then couldn't want to see less of each other for the last two. So it's like. It was really an adjustment, and it was all not none of it was on my end. Uh-huh. You know, like when she sat down, it was like it couldn't like it couldn't even be like an argument or discussion. Like she just she said she said the perfect thing to say when you're breaking up with someone. She's like, "I love you. I I, I I'm not in love with you. I just like I don't feel this. I don't feel the way you feel. She's like, I think you're a great person. I'm just really really unhappy, and so." What do you say in that situation? Like, no, you are happy. You can't say anything. You Did just you say, like, how can I make you happy? Or at that point, you're just like, nope. I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't nope. I just, I just like, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can, anyway, I can change your mind? She's like, no, I'm just done. And then she just turned into a dick because we were stuck together for two more months. That's the worst part about living together. Like, you still have a lease. Yeah. And, uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, it's super hard. I love her dog. Her dog's great. What kind of dog? It's a white pit bull. Oh. Yeah, it's really pretty. And it's a great dog. I love it. It's so good. And, you know, I bought it with the dog. But, like, when it came to, like, I remember specifically, like, when it came to the end, the end, I was I was getting ready to leave. And uh, I don't even know if I should say this. It's so weird. It was such a weird thing. Yeah. But, like... I kind of felt like she was trying to start a fight with me because it would be easier for her. Mm-hmm. So this was the night before, uh, the night before I was supposed to leave, but I got everything and I was going to go stay at my first place. It was stay at the new place. So I'm getting ready to leave. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm like, this is just so weird. I'm like, I still think so highly of you. And I'm like, I had such a great time. I learned so much stuff. Give me a hug. And she goes, don't touch me. She's like, it's my body. And, yeah. And I was like, What? You know, unbeknownst to me, she had been watching the full first season of Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> which, you know, well, I, that's which, your problem. Yeah, which I get. I'm like timed very poorly. <laughs> and she's like, and then she like kind of picked a fight. And I was like, yeah, I don't. And I was like, I got into it with her. And I was like, 
yeah, you know what? I'm not giving you this. I'm not giving you this fight. Yeah. I'm like, you're right. My fault. I apologize. I shouldn't have done that. I didn't know that you were watching this. As I put it together, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what you're doing? Yeah. And I'm like, got it. And I'm like, all right. And she's like, maybe we can't be friends. I'm like, yeah, I'm not giving you this. I'm like, I'll see you tomorrow. So then I came back the next day. We had lunch. We watched TV. We had a good time. Uh, we like hung out. And then she was really affectionate and friendly. Uh, no physicality. We didn't do it or anything. But like really affectionate and friendly. And then she's like, I go, well, I can move in officially to my place at 9 p.m. She's like, oh, I'm going to pull. I'll totally drive you. I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. She fell asleep at like 7 o'clock, wouldn't wake up, and I Ubered home. So that was the end the end. Wow. Yeah. But it's not really over because she calls me every single day, and she goes to my fucking bar. That's not okay. I know. It's you horrible. get the bar. If you're the one that's broken up with, yeah. you get the bar. Yeah, I put its kids through school. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. Don't go. Like, I walk into my bar yesterday. She's fucking sitting there. Do you guys say hi? Do you yeah. sit and drink together? No. I okay. say hello. You go, hey, what's up? And keep But her friend, her friend goes, are you, are you hurting? Yeah, it'd be a little bit better if she didn't call me every fucking day. What did she call you to talk about? Nothing. Nothing. She called me yesterday to be like, I locked my key. Do you have extra keys? No, I gave them back to you on the table when I moved out because you told me to. No, I don't have extra keys. <laughs> she goes, oh, fine. And then like the day before, it's something stupid about a lamp. Whatever. But I'm not bitter. And if I'm coming across that way, I'm not trying to. I don't think you're coming across bitter at all. No, it's like great girl. We didn't like great girl. Not for me. Great girl for someone else. Yeah. The experience. I learned a ton from it. I leaned what into it. What did you learn the most about yourself? Uh, this sounds very anti-comedy. This sounds very, very, like, not podcast entertaining podcast, but I totally learned I could full-on commit and love someone, you know? Like, I went all in. I was, like, all in. I'm, like, it's all about her, whatever there is, Um, you know, and it's, like, I'm going to be great to this person. I know it's going to be, like, a struggle, but I committed to this. I'm all in. Mm -hmm. I learned I could do it, and I just learned that just because I can do it doesn't mean it's the right thing. For you at that time. Oh, it was the right thing for me, but like it wasn't the right thing for her. But I mean, like I want like, you know, going all in doesn't mean like that's the rub. Like that's like that's that's Hollywood all over again. It's like just because you're amazingly talented doesn't mean that Hollywood's going to fuck you. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I want that embroidered on a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> so many pillows. I want the meatballs to acknowledge the fact that you're awesome. Everyone, please write me at what's your Jersey podcast at gmail.com. If you want to go on a date with Jay Chris Newberg. Oh my God. I thought you were going to end the podcast immediately oh. like that. I was like, that's not the end. You're like, that's not it. That's not an ending. No, because I feel like you finally, like I, I I've known you for so many years and I full heartedly believe you're being completely honest and like you can be open to being in a loving, happy, non-toxic relationship at this point. And I want to see you happy. Yeah. You're a great guy. I want to like I want to do the same thing as well, but the like you know how it is, you've been in long relationships before you come out. The thought of dating right now is just non existent. Oh, it's beyond you. Yeah, I just don't I have no interest in like I'm I, just I was, kidding meatballs to when email me. Yeah. No, no, no <laughs> you can email her, email her. But like I was like initially like, Oh, can I just go do I need to just get laid? Do I need to just like is that what I need to do? Do I need just need to be and I was like, I don't have the emotional capacity right now. I'm just gonna work on me, I'm gonna work on comedy. I'm going to just focus on the record. I'm going to just like... I hate uh, it when people say the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. Yeah, didn't Larry the Cable Guy say that? I think he did. Yeah. Well, it worked out for oh. him. Mm. Well then. No. Um, so you're working on you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just... I'm, I'm trying to like... 
I'm just writing more. And I mean, I always write, but like just trying to do it, you know? So I want to go back to your early days because the meatballs deserve to hear how you got your start and how you got to where you are. Okay. Were you funny as a kid? Uh, I think so, but I don't think, I think I, I think I was always good at listening and turning things like that's like, you know, I was really good at callbacks and really good at bringing things like together and tying them up. Can you explain what a callback is to the listeners that don't know? Um, well, you know, it would be like, okay, here's an example. I, I have this joke that I start my set with currently and the joke says, and the joke, it goes, uh, if you go to a comedy show, you see a comic, and if you see a comic, you have to know that they love comedy. They they couldn't in any other way uh, be on stage if they didn't love what they do because it doesn't pay a lot of money. Like most comics are poor. I've been fortunate, but most comics don't make any money. To put things into perspective, the other day I was on Hollywood Boulevard, middle of the day, walking down the street, and this homeless guy comes up to me and he goes, "Hey man, give me twenty dollars." And I was like, "I don't, I don't, I don't have twenty dollars." He's like, "Why not?" I was like, "Well, hindsight." Probably should have made some better choices, maybe a different career path, you know. Probably should have taken that scholarship. And he's like, what do you do? I said, I'm a comedian. He goes, fuck, of course. Reaches in his wallet, gives me a $100 bill. And then he's like, get off my corner. And so that's the setup joke. Uh-huh. Okay, so then I do my whole set. And at the end, I'm like, hey, everybody, uh, thanks for coming out. Um, I have CDs if you want one. You know, you can, they're free. If you want to just take it. And then if you want to make a donation, you can. All proceeds go to paying back the homeless guy. That gave me a hundred bucks on Hollywood. So that's a call back. Call back. Yeah. You are one of the most talented joke writers I've ever heard. Oh, thanks. No, you really are. Thanks. It's true. I love what your, um, I think it's your Twitter right now, actually. Probably. I don't think I've tweeted today. No, it's, um, oh God. Go Facebook. Read current Facebook. Current Facebook? Yeah. Because I just want to go through. I don't want you to have to do all your jokes right now, but I want to go through certain things just so the meatballs kind of get your like cadence or sense of humor. Unless you could think of stuff off the top of your head while I'm going through this. I'm no, I'm 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 just I'm just I'm just aghast because one of the girls who ghosted me just said, I'm listening to your album, it's amazing. I mean Come on, dude. It's like you asked for the universe to send you that text <laughs> yeah i did actually can you block her no. <laughs> can i block her for you sure all right um what do you have here smart water smart car smartphone and yet so many dumb people that's good the hardest part of a breakup is listening to your friend tell you about it <laughs> that's what she just did <laughs> I totally wrote that one about me. Oh, I love that one. Um, I love your, okay, worst, um, most amazing things to overhear at a bar. Do you think this one's good? Um, no, it's okay. But I literally, I was walking by somebody yesterday and I heard them say, like it was back to back. I literally heard somebody go, there's just so many moving parts to this. And I was like, oh, you're horrible. <laughs> and then someone else was talking. They're like, no, but like me as a person I was like oh come on and then of course I heard someone else go she has no idea who I am I was like maybe these are the best things and then wanderlust of course and what do you do um I don't know I like I personally liked 40 years of Kanye is a choice (laughs) and then we didn't even talk about the Kanye meltdown that's going on right now which I think is just to sell records in june and to i think he's sick and i think he's hurting and i think you do yeah i mean it's he's probably doing it to sell records but 
I mean, I think Chris Jenner is probably like I think Chris. I mean, Chris Jenner is a very smart woman. Yeah. I think she's like, oh, he's really sick. He's kind of going crazy. Let's get him on TMZ. Mm. She's smart. I mean, did you see him fighting with the guys on TMZ? Yeah. I mean, I think he's. It's not. He's. Isn't. He's just because you're quote unquote a genius, which is arguable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great at making beats. I like a lot of his stuff. I love a lot of his music. Yeah, he's very solid. Um, the things that he's also ignorant as fuck. Yeah. And he says some really dumb shit. He's not really aware. <laughs> but isn't he like a holly, like he's a high school dropout, isn't he? Yeah. I think that was the title of one of his albums. Yeah. And I mean, granted, just goes to show you, maybe you don't need high school, but like, I mean, slavery is a choice. What? What? <laughs> was the Holocaust a choice? You know, it's a, don't do that, Kanye. It just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No. And there was the, the professor, the Harvard professor who responded to him on Twitter, who was like, who broke the whole thing down. And she was like, was it a choice to be plucked from your family, walked hundreds of miles across Africa, thrown on a boat, chained to people you barely know who are getting sick and dying, giving only food scraps, not seeing the sun, wondering if you were ever going to see the light of day or having the hope of like seeing your family ever again. Was that a choice being sold and beaten and raped? Was that really a choice? And I was just like, yeah, he shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I wonder if he thinks he shouldn't have said it. But, you Like, know, does he reflect on things? I don't think he needs to. I mean, he's like, he's white. I mean, he's black Trump. Yeah. You know, he's like, some people just don't have repercussion. His new record's going to come out, and I bet it sells a ton. A ton. I mean, did you hear the shoopy poopy? Somebody, so- <laughs> somebody told me about it. I was like, I'm not going to, I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I mean, I was like forced to hear it. But was it good? It's funny. It's comedic. Right. <laughs> but maybe he maybe he released that as like sort of a lead fake uh, track or whatever. I saw him at Coachella when he headlined with like, I think it was the entire American Ballet Theater. Mm-hmm. It was one of the best performances I've ever been to. Yeah. he's. Sol- I mean, he's a solid entertainer. Yeah. But, you know, entertainers are not really known for their quality comments. <laughs> Perform. No. Um, Jay Chris got on the elevator with me and just could not stop talking about Britney Spears, guys. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell the meatballs about the video that you just witnessed? Well, it's just her doing this insane sort of like it feels nineteen sort of eighties like Jack Lane weird like double push ups and like weird things and like and sit ups on top of a trainer and he's shirtless and that's her boyfriend. Oh, that's her boyfriend. That's her boyfriend. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's like he's like ripped and they're just like they're basically workout fucking. That's exactly what they're doing. They're workout fucking and it just like it didn't like turn me on to watch it. I I, I felt kind of weird. No, it's like these people have never not been as they've never been asleep. <laughs> you know They've just never been asleep Her life I think Would suck also I mean She's I love her I love her I'm a fan She's very sexy She looks amazing yeah. She's obviously Gone through a lot But Holy shit I would just like to have a legit All cameras off Conversation with her And see if there's anybody home I don't think there is That's what makes me really sad Yeah And I'm Her biggest cheerleader Yep You're a fan I'm, I'm, I'm playing her Next month In a yeah. play I'm excited <laughs> Yeah But I just I, I think something has definitely switched and she's not there. Nope. Mm-mm. And that's why her gym workout buddy boyfriend is perfect for her. Yeah. I mean, I'm not calling him stupid. She does look really happy. That's good. I mean, good for her. I she hope loves love. You know what? I love meatballs. 
I am obsessed with and love the BioClarity Skin Care line. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I use it so much, like three times a day. It's probably too much. And it's just helped me really create a healthy habit when it comes to hydrating my skin and making sure that I'm taking care of it because I love the packaging. I love how clean it feels and how light and easy it is to actually just put on and use. They even put numbers on the packaging. It says one, two, three. So you can't mess up the steps. That's how awesome it is. Um, I don't know why I think that helps so much more, but it does compared to using other skincare products. It's so fast when I'm getting ready for bed, when I'm getting ready in the morning. And the biggest thing that I love about it, which I've talked about before, after I teach a fitness class or after I take a dance class, I get so bright red and the Floralux aspect of the BioClarity products takes the redness out of my skin. It counteracts. It's so awesome. If you guys don't know what Floralux is, it's a clever form of chlorophyll and it's proven for soothing away blemishes. It has antioxidant properties. It's healing, anti-inflammatory, and it just feeds your skin from the outside in. Uh, guys, it's basically like green juice for your face. Detox and rebalance with BioClarity. That's what I absolutely love about the product. And I carry it around in my gym bags. I've gotten so much of it that I have it stashed everywhere in my apartment, my gym bag, my car. It's just, it's always on me. Um, and the coolest thing about BioClarity now, they offer two kinds of skincare routines. They have the clear skin routine, which is cleanse, treat, Restore and it's clinically proven to fight acne, soothe skin, reduce pore size, minimize redness. That's number one for me, and even out skin tone. It's best for oily combination or blemish prone skin. It targets the root of breakouts, which are the worst. I mean, even if you have good skin, you sometimes get a breakout. You see results in as little as two weeks. Then there's the essentials routine, which is cleanse, restore, hydrate. That's best for normal, dry, and dehydrated skin. It's non-comedogenic, which means... I didn't know what that word meant, so this is what it means. It won't clog your pores, and it's lightweight. Um, it also softens your skin, and it hydrates, and it's just breathable. Because when I work out and I put really heavy moisturizer on my skin, I can sometimes like break out in like a heat rash. And the cool thing about this is that it is breathable, and it's so lightweight, so it doesn't cause any inflammation. It actually helps minimize redness. It reduces pore size and it evens out your skin tone. So I definitely recommend both routines, but for me, the essentials routine is super awesome for a post-workout facial regimen. And meatballs, guess what? You can start a healthy habit and get glowing clear skin by just going to bioclarity.com. That's B-I-O-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y.com. And I have a special treat for you guys. My meatballs will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. Free shipping, guys. That's a $20 savings. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. But you must enter my promo code JERSEY, that's J-E-R-S-E-Y, 
That's bioclarity.com. Enter the code Jersey, J-E-R-S-E-Y, and you get your first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. I mean, you can thank me later for the non-redness in your skin. I love this stuff. So go to bioclarity.com and enter Jersey for $9.95 plus free shipping for your first month. So, Michigan. Yes. I do want to know, do you know all the lyrics to Lose Yourself from 8 Mile? Uh, gosh, let's see if I could. Uh, <laughs> um, if you had one shot. Uh, his palms are sweaty. His, uh, no. Nope. <laughs> no. Like, Wait, hold on. <laughs> if you had one shot. I don't even know if I, I just remember like, no. It, no. No, I don't think I do. So how did you get out of... De- oh, you're from Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, suburb of, like, I'm from Detroit. The same sort of way someone who says they're from Compton is from Beverly Hills here. Got it. Okay. You know, it was like, I didn't... There was no struggle. There was no struggle. No, it was definitely suburbs. But I remember a funny story about 8 Mile. So whatever year that came, whatever year that came out, Walkmans were still a thing. I was in living in Michigan. I flew out here to do a showcase at the Hollywood Improv. It was my first time playing in LA. And uh, I got to go up first. Like it was MC and then me. And I was still just very new. And I remember walking from Detroit and Melrose to... I was staying at my friend's house. I walked, no, it was Spalding and Melrose to the Improv. And I had headphones on and I was pumping myself up. And I was listening to the 8 Mile soundtrack. And I was like, yes, I'm going to fuck it. I just kept, I would rewind it and play it again. Because I was like, this is my shot. I'm playing the improv first. <laughs> first. <laughs> first. Oh, man. It was bad. A cold open. <laughs> I cold opened the fucking improv. Oh, uh, I think I did that for you, maybe, on one of your shows at the improv. I mean, I think, like, anybody, first off, I've, I've done so many cold opens. I've cold opened arenas and cold opened stadiums. I'm not afraid to cold open a fucking comedy club. No. But it's because I cold open so many comedy clubs that I could cold open an arena. And, like, it's great. What's the difference? Because I've heard a lot of comics say there really is no difference. Um, the, the, time, the timing's different. Okay. Your vocal timing is, like, the sound is, like, a half second slower. So you slow down when you're doing a stadium? I do. Yeah. I mean, it's like... The that's where the famous Barry Katz phrase, if you think you're going too slow, go slower, comes. This is what Jay Chris tells me every time I get off stage. <laughs> yeah, go slow. Uh, it's because it's your opportunity. You know, it's like, it's your chance. It's, I think one of the best advice you've ever given me, and I'm sure other comics, is if you only get through one joke while you're up there. Right. But it's a great fucking joke. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Don't get it all in. Like, you don't have to do that. Have you ever seen Nick Thune's backflip joke? No. So, I think it was his first Tonight Show bit. Mm. And it was, it's one joke. It's a four and a half minute joke. It's masterful. And it's one joke. Mm. And he, he just, he lands it every time. He starts off about, like, I can't remember the joke, but if you if, if you ever have a chance to listen to Nick Thune's backflip joke, it's perfect. It's four and a half minutes. And it's like, why would and he, and he goes so slow? Yeah, it's hard for me. I have a lot of energy. Yeah, but it's just like the people watching. They want to enjoy it. Mm. They want you to slow down. It's just like you know, it's the difference between making love and fucking in the backseat of a car. 
That's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. You well, wanna... I, well, I always say this. This is my favorite thing to say about comedy. And it's a quote from, it's a quote from, uh, Robert Duvall told this to Sean Penn in the movie Colors whenever anyone asked me like describe comedy because this is comedy there's two sheepdogs and it's, and it's not a, and it's not a joke that's funny mm. there's two sheepdogs and they're standing on the top of a hill there's an older sheepdog and a younger sheepdog and the whole valley below is all sheep and the young sheepdog looks up at the old one he goes hey man let's run down there let's fuck one of those sheep and the old sheepdog goes now let's walk down and fuck all of them. And that to me is comedy. Because mm. it's like, just take your time and you'll crush everybody. I love that. Yeah. 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 Do you think that applies to real life too? Not just comedy, like other jobs? I think when you're, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a, th- I'm a thousand percent middle-aged. <laughs> I'm not old, but like you go fast when you're young mm-hmm. and then you realize you don't need to when you're older. Make fun of the people driving five miles an hour, like old people. I, granted, I get it. There's a point where you need to stop driving, but why? Why do they? Why do they have to go fast? Why? <laughs> they just don't have to. I um. You brought up the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and I remember I was in New Jersey with my parents on vacation, and yeah. like the whole family sat around the TV for uh, your first <laughs> Tonight Show performance. That was great. How did you even prepare for that? And like, when did you get that call? Interesting story. So uh, I had been on three times prior and not gone on. Oh. So three times prior, not gone on. I was super broke at the time. And I uh, got a call from them. Okay, well, here, here's the fun. Okay. So the night before, I'm walking out of, I'm walking out of the improv, or walking out of the Laugh Factory. And there's this girl sitting on the Laugh Factory wall. Really cute. And, uh, She's like, hey, oh my gosh, you're so funny. I've seen you so many times. I'm like, oh yeah, let's go get a drink. And she's like, okay. So I end up like walking down to the bar with her. We both getting drunk. I go back to my place. We have sex. I wake up in the morning and I have a phone call on my voicemail uh, from my manager. And he's like, he goes, hey, can you do the Tonight Show today? And I was like, I go, am I going to really go on this time? I'm like, because I have a show in San Diego that's paying me $200 and I'd rather get paid $200 then go there and not go on mm-hmm. and he's like no he's like you're going on you're booked on the show i'm like you've said this for the last three times whatever so uh he's like you're going the car's picking you up at this time i'm like okay so i peace out with this girl and i'm like cool thanks a lot been a really good day so far woke up sex uh then i'm gonna go to do like go do the actual tonight show i do the show i've never been less nervous in my entire life because I was so fucking not thinking I was going on again. Yeah. And like I was standing behind the gate and the and the the production assistant or the stage manager was like standing there. She's like, it's beyond this wall. She's like, it's everything you've worked for. No. She's like, no, but she was being cool. She's like, are you nervous? I go, fuck no. She goes, good, because you're about to do stand up in front of five million people. And I'm like, make it six. Like I wasn't scared. I was like. And I walked out, and instead of doing the set that they approved, I improvised the entire set. Because I knew he was going off the air. I knew they weren't going to have me back on. They were going to have different bookers. They were going to do whatever. So I wanted to do the set that I was really comfortable with, not the set that they approved a year ago, because I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. So I just improvised the whole thing. Oh, my God. And then I got 14 applause breaks, which was amazing. Cause I, and I remember being on the show going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe... 
how good I'm doing. Like, this is, the joke was funny. It wasn't, like, that funny, you know? But, like, every single joke got an applause break, and I was like, wow. And so, and then I finished, whatever, and then it was great. Amazing day. got to watch it. And then, so years later, I find out that the girl I hooked up with was in Pitch Perfect 1, 2, and 3, She's one of the Bellas. What? I'm not going to say who it is, but like, <laughs> but it's so funny because every time I see her on a billboard on Sunset, I'm like, yeah, you're on a billboard on Sunset, but we did it. <laughs> it's so random. She was probably saying that watching you on the yeah. Tonight Show. She's like, yeah, I did that, dude. I did that, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's really funny. I love that story. It's a good story. Have you have you done Jimmy Kimmel or Fallon or anything? I did Kimmel. I did Kimmel in 2004. I think I did his fourth episode. Okay. It was, it was not good, which it is was, why it was which is why I decided to do the episode. I which is what I decided to do because when you submit to it and like a late show, mm-hmm. excuse me, meatballs, um, you have to be approved by the they have a booker and they they go over your set and they tell you what to do and what not to do. So a lot of times when people like watch the comic on a late night show, they're like, yeah, I don't know if I liked it because he seemed a little stiff and yeah. he's normally this. It's because it was a six month process that had to be approved line for line by this person who's not a comedian who tells them what they can and can't do. And I was like, f- and, and I did that for Kimmel. They saw my Comedy Central set like five months earlier. They're like, we want you to do this set. And I was like, but, I, but I've got better sets. I've already done that. Like, no, we need you to do that set. And I'm like, okay. Just didn't land. No. It didn't go bad. Just didn't land. And uh, it was cool to have done it. And then for this time, I was like, this is too big of a chance. I'm like, if this this might be the only time I ever do the show. So I did so what I wanted. It. Yeah. And I like it, that. You were fearless. Fearless. But I, like, I got off and, and Bob and Ross were like, you're a brave man. You're lucky. <laughs> you lucky. lucky little bitch. Lucky, but you're brave. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> That's funny though But like what's that like You said you were broke at the time So like you film The Tonight Show Then like what do you go do after Oh you're still broke after Yeah <laughs> Like that's the thing yeah. It's like you had this cool Cool fucking taping Yeah And then you're like God damn it Yeah and it's like Well that's I mean like Again most comics Work and, and You know it's like Unless you've made it Made it Made it You make a decision I'm going to be poor And just do comedy Yeah Or I'm going to be not as poor And I'm going to do something else yeah, you know, so it's like the struggle is real. Yeah, but it's like I like comedy. I'm I'm super okay with being poor as long as I'm doing comedy because that's what I like to do, and that's what you're the best at. Yes. Which do you like better, writing um, for TV shows or writing just for your stand-up set? Uh, I don't think I'll ever get bored of performing. Like, yeah, that's my favorite. I mean, the travel itself has kind of run its course. That that I'm kind of over. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, you know, it's like. If the opportunity presents itself and it's a, the right tour that someone wants support on, or if my record continues to do well and I, like I have to go out again, then yeah, I would do it. But like, like playing, like I I remember I did this college tour once where it was ninety seven dates, uh, ninety seven dates over one hundred and twenty days, and it was I was just me in a car driving all over the U.S. playing different colleges. Wow! I wanted to kill everyone. <laughs> By the time I was done Because it's like You're alone with your brain In front of the students That you don't talk to Afterwards maybe you go out With a bunch of kids That you can't really talk to Because they're kids They're kids Yeah so I mean I'm, I'm, I love writing Writing's fun too Yeah But it'd be more fun If I was writing stuff for me Versus writing stuff For somebody else For other people Yeah Yeah 
I want to know what like I feel like when you went on tour with Dane Cook, that was at like the height of his. Um, yeah, you know it's it's, it's weird. It, it was um, it was a really fun experience. I became really close with Ben Glebe on that tour, which then you went on to do Idiot Test with him with Ben. Yeah, um, it was just it was one of those things where it's like you were like living a you were living the Bon Jovi Dead or Alive video. For 30 days Do you know as a little girl That was my favorite song <laughs> It's a great song <laughs> And it's the coolest video I ever I was obsessed with it <laughs> Yeah it's just It's just cool It was um I mean you're in arena After arena After arena and You're playing in front of Anywhere from like 12 to 17,000 people mm. A night And it's like That's not like It's not You know It's like Is this real life Like it It what do you do after that you know and then you're finished you're like oh, i'm gonna tour bus and then we're gonna take a private plane and then we're gonna do whatever and it's like and then afterwards all these fans are like you're amazing and then you know screwing on the on the bus and like all yeah this was everyone just having sex at the same time on the bus group well you know I, I think uh i mean everybody did well i mean you know not al al was married Al but, was married um but like i remember the, the very first show of the tour we were in the East Coast somewhere. I don't, I don't know if we were in Canada or where we were, but it was raining and it was really cold. And Glebe and I were loading shit into the bus afterwards and walked out and there was this crazy, insane, high shrieking of girls. And Ben and I, I remember, I'll never forget it. Glebe and I both stopped and looked behind us to see who they were shrieking at. They were shrieking at us because they were waiting to talk to us outside. And obviously they were waiting to talk to Dane as well. But like they were waiting there and they're like, oh, my God, we want to talk to you. We want to hang out. Come on, you know, get us backstage. Cause it, and we were like, it's going to be a good month. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Were you OK? So you were all single besides Al. Yeah. Do you recommend being single when you go on a tour? It doesn't really matter. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? More fun that way. Yeah, I mean, I just the vagina is hurled at you. Yeah, it's not the same for female comics. <laughs> no, but I bet it is. I mean, like if you're, I mean, I bet you would have zero. Like, boom! All of a sudden, you're Ellen DeGeneres big, mm-hmm. and you're or you're uh, what was her name, Chelsea big. Yeah, I'm sure if you decided you wanted to get laid that night, you could. Yeah, that's it's your true. decision. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's like, but that's the, I mean, you're an attractive woman. I'm sure at any point in time when you decide you want to get laid, you could. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the odds are more in your favor than guys. I have always been fascinated with the fact that you're always surrounded by really hot girls. Who, me? Yes. I feel like you have so many friends that are hot girls. You always work with really hot chicks. How, how do you spin that? I don't spin. I just ask. I you mean, like, ask, you know, yeah. it's just like. You hang out with who you hang out with. I happen to know people who are attractive, but it's not a prerequisite. It's not? No, I just happen to be friends with people. It's not why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn it. Son of a... God damn it. Um, you also are a genius on the guitar. I wouldn't use the word genius. <laughs> a comic genius I, on I, the guitar. Um, Which came first, your guitar playing or joke telling? Uh, guitar playing. I've been, I've been I've been playing guitar for 28 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How many bands have you been in? Just one. Just one? Yeah. I was well, in that one band for this band we were... No, I was actually in three bands, but I was in the one band for 12 years, I think. 
Do you think that gave you the confidence to like be on stage and do stand up? Uh, yeah, I think the the birth of me doing stand up happened this one night. I was in Wyandotte, Michigan, which is this rough down river area of Michigan. It's like a biker sort of like tough, tough Michigan blue collar city. And we played this place called Schooner's Pub. Mm-hmm. And it was literally 27, 28, leather clad, middle aged biker dudes. Sounds great. And then this was the era of like in excess. So I had like long hair and it was like all to the side off my face. <laughs> and like, I think I like I pegged my pants and like big flowing white shirt and oh, like, no. yeah. And like, you know, we had a keyboard player and it was Flock of Seagulls think type band. And, uh, we were in there and, and a guitar player dro- broke and I still have the cassette somewhere of this guy go, your music sucks and you need to play something so bitches will come in here. We need music that'll bring in bitches. <laughs> and so I was like, fuck, this is great. So I just start, decided to start improvising this song on the guitar about uh, bringing bitches in. <laughs> <laughs> and won them over and I was like this is much more powerful mm-hmm. than just playing my song about you know my girlfriend Sarah you know I never knew that about you that's so cool what that I was in a band yeah or that that's how the comedy kind of started I mean that's where it got in the back of my brain and then we started doing more like improv songs like mm-hmm. on stage and the band was like no that's not who we are and you're like well that's who I am yeah, I'm like, see ya <laughs> bye I love your um, move the fuck back home yes it's a good song <laughs> never it never made a record it never got on any of the records really yeah is it because it's very like inside baseball for like LA people probably yeah I mean I made a YouTube video and it only had like 5,000 views or whatever but like it's still I don't even play it live anymore but but speaking of records, yes, I know we we, we got to be in the, we got to be in the initial descent. I'm yeah, sure. we are. I do want to drop another fact about you. Okay. Um, Jay Chris was a composer on Dawson's Creek, guys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and that makes me really happy. Yeah, it was a it was a song that I wrote for this girl Sarah Starkle, and the song is called Simpatico. No, no, no. Oh wait, yeah, it was it was Simpatico. Simpatico. Um. Yeah, it was Simpatico, I think. No, you know what? I'm completely incorrect. Uh, it was a song called Without. Without. With, without. Yeah, and it was great. Uh, I want to listen to it and cry. Um, I think <laughs> I think it's I think it's a Is it on iTunes? Yeah. Oh, yes. No, it's it's so like it's actually good too. It's a uh, yeah, it, it was on uh yeah, it, the band was called Voodoo Hippies. And the song's called Without. And it's like, it's it's a surprisingly not bad song. I love it. Yeah, we had a really, it was a girl singer. It was great. Um, but the record. Yes. Yeah, so. I want to just shout out the record real quick. No, I want you to talk about it. Okay. Um, tell everyone what's on it and okay, so all that. It's my fourth, it's my fourth record, my first live record. Um, and it is, uh, it, it's, uh, it's on a label. I'm on 800 pound gorilla records, which I'm happy about. They seem to have been the best label I've been on so far. That's awesome. Um, the record has been added to three stations on Sirius so far. It, it's playing constantly on laugh USA, raw dog and Jeff and Larry's comedy roundup. The album was played over 50 times in its entirety. The first week. I was out. I've sold 519 copies uh, in six days, which I'm excited. So thank you, people. Um, Pandora added five tracks and has already spun it 2,500 times in the first week or the first few days. And uh, Billboard charts come out next week. So next week I get to see if I chart because if I keep selling 100 records a day, 
That'd be pretty awesome. That's so amazing. Yeah. So I just want to keep doing that. And Why should then, the meatballs get it? Um, it's it's like it's it was my favorite set. I recorded it in Michigan, obviously in August. I recorded Thursday's show, Friday's show, and first show Saturday, and all three of the shows were flat. The audience was flat, so I was like, "Fuck it." So I just said to the people recording, "I go, I go, can you please just just stay for the last show?" Mm-hmm. They're like, "Okay." And the last show came out, and from the moment I was introduced to the end, it's like the it was it was absolute magic. It was the perfect set. It was the most perfect set I've ever ever done, and. I love it because the audience, it's like, it's so loud. There were so many people there and it's a real audience. Like the audience is combative. Like I'm being heckled by people who are just having fun. And I didn't want it to be like a Netflix special where it's like the whole audience is really quiet. So quiet. And like, they're just here or there in a suit. And like, I wanted to show enthusiasm. I want to show, I wanted to show combativeness, how I dealt with it and what happened, you know, improvising, heckling. And it's just like, it was great. I love that you have certain clips of it on your Instagram. Yeah. And even those little like 50 second clips are so fun because yeah. you do hear that in it. Yeah. It's super. It was just like the audience was just nuts. Uh, yeah. It was great. So that's I'll, I'll send so you the cool. link. I love it. Do you have a joke that you love to tell over and over again? Over and over again? Yes. Because you have to do them a lot. Do you have a favorite? I try to, I'm trying to retire every joke that's on that record. Okay. Um, I've been recently my joke that a joke that I really like that I've started to tell recently is I figured out a way to never have to look at pictures of your friends' kids ever again, and that's every time they show you a photograph of their kids, you at the exact same time show them a photograph of their kids, and they'll be like, "What the fuck? How do you?" have my kid's picture on your phone. You're like, I got so many pictures <laughs> of your kid. And they'll be like, put that away. I don't ever want to see you looking at pictures of my kid again. And I'm like, yes. Win. Win. <laughs> what do you want to do in five years? Where do you see yourself? Hopefully alive still. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you to tell your story about no, all of your heart things, no. but we're not doing that. Um, I'll, I guess I'll just have to have you back. Yes. Now, I, five years, uh, I think five years, I think I will finally be comfortable with success I've achieved in my early 50s. Okay. Yeah, I definitely have always thought since I've been a little kid that I'm going to have massive success, but it wasn't going to come until much later in my life. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I feel it. And it's just like, I feel like the record, I feel like the fourth record is like sort of beginning the climb. Where did you get the title from? Um, well, it's actually live and let die because it's live mm-hmm. and die is spelled D-Y-E. So it's hair dye and it's shot in a hair salon. It's Paul McCartney's live and let die. Mine was live and let die. I love that. I love you. You're love amazing. You. You're amazing. Tell the meatballs where they can find you, upcoming shows, anything. Pimp yourself out. Uh, this weekend, the 4th and the 5th, I will be in San Diego at Madhouse Comedy Club. And other than that, just check out uh, Live and Let Die on Spotify or iTunes or Pandora or Napster. Not Na- oh, yeah, Napster. Napster is <laughs> still a thing. That's still a thing. Yeah. Or um, what's the what's the Jay-Z one? 
Tidal. Tidal. It's on everything. It's anywhere that streams music. Check it out. You can listen to it for free. Seriously, check it out after you check out this podcast because it's going to make you laugh your ass off. Yay. Yay. Well, Yay. thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the meatballs. You're the best. Do you give everybody meatballs? I um, only the ones I really care about. Awesome. Only the really funny ones. Yay. Yay. Well, everyone, go download by Live and Let Die. J. Chris Newberg, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Put your paws up, because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I 